podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So we say to yourself, guys, that we were going to be away for a couple of weeks. Um, you're joined here today by myself, James and Miff. And uh, Tino is the one that's away for a couple of weeks. He's lording it up over in America somewhere. But he still keeps us working here. And the reason we're working today is Celtic have just announced yesterday the appointment of Brendan Rodgers for his second spell as Celtic manager. I'm here with the guys just to get a bit of reaction about that. We've still got a press conference to come up this week. I just want to see how the guys are finding the news that we've just heard about Brendan coming back. So, James, I'll come to yourself first. What's your initial thoughts um, on the appointment of Brendan Rodgers? Uh, happy, I have to say. I went I went through the full Brendan Rodgers return emotional journey from, you know, right after the cup final. I was on record, recorded on record, saying absolutely not for me. Um, by the Monday, we were starting to see the candidates. There was a lot of really interesting, fairly gambly candidates there. There was Davey Moyes, and that kind of sharpened me up that the board could go for a really safe pair of Davey Moyes' hands. And that being the case, Rogers was the outstanding candidate for me. So I went to, you know, not begrudged, but acceptance that, yep, it's the right thing. I think I've said it a couple of weeks ago, it's the professional choice. And then as the two weeks have gone on, I've become an absolute fanboy of get him in and get him in now. And that's where we're at. So I'm happy. I think a lot of credit has to go to the board for, for you know, bringing him in um, and making sure that he was reassured that there's going to be the right performance and behaviour from the board. So I'm, I'm positive about it all. Yeah, I think um, both parties have, have basically had to kind of draw draw a line on uh, past previous errors that maybe have, have came have came across. Um, that's one thing we can touch upon in today's show. Miff, what about yourself? I understand, obviously, you're a bit like myself, upset about losing Big Ange, upset in the manner of it all. Um, but how do you stand with, with, uh, with Roger's appointment? Oh, Paddy, hello, James, uh, hello, listeners. Uh, where do I stand? I would say, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm still in a bit of shock about everything. Um, if he's standing there at Hamden, final whistle, and celebrating the treble to now, is even though a few weeks have passed, it's still been a bit of a whirlwind. And and here we are, with, with Brendan Rogers back as manager. Um, at, whilst I feel shocked, um, now that it's done, it's done, and you know we, we just need to look forward and, and support Rogers as, as manager. I, I'm a bit shocked that Rogers is manager just because I know he was a, you know, based on his coaching experience and his history with Celtic, he was an outstanding candidate. But given that the manner in which he left and not not just the sort of midnight flip that he did, but through an elongated lack of support for the board. If, if you think about it, it's pretty exciting to think that he's came back because why would he have come back if he wasn't promised that he was going to be back? Well, that's what I was kind of thinking as well on it, Myth. I think that we automatically get the, the paper line that the offer was too good to turn turn down when it came to Leicester and that, you know, he turned his back on, on us. Um, but as years have kind of progressed, I think we can see, yes, albeit it hurt, it hurt in the manner in which he left, but it seems to be that there was a bridges burnt in that case, and there seems to be a lot of issues with the board. Um, and the fact that both parties have come back around and basically drew a line under it, and they seem to have this motive of going forward, 
um, it, it's allowing me to kind of fully back the vision of the board more than the vision of Brendan Rodgers, to be honest. Um, so I think it's it's working out for both parties. They're going to massage both egos, I think. Um, but what I would want to ask you both here, is this the case of forgive and forget or forget and we just got on with it? What would you say on that one, James? I think that is that, you know, um, I'd mentioned on the uh, the weekly show, I think it was last week, that Angie's leaving in the kind of very abrupt uh, manner that he did. I can't obviously speak for the Celtic fan base, but speaking for myself, it kind of matured me a wee bit as to what a Celtic manager is. You know, um, Ronnie Dyla getting the fans all going, Rogers, you know, the, the kind of relationship we thought we had with him, you know, Lennon was Lennon and then Postacoglu comes in and we really thought this is our guy. It's just not like that. The professional's doing a professional job. Um, and so with that, the forgive and forget question, the way I'm going to look at it from now on is I'll not be singing any, you know, Brendan Rodgers songs or the next guy or the guy after that. That That's that's kind of changed for me. I've got you in there, same as I've got my CEO in there to do a job. And if you do the job that we hope you can do, and I really think you can do an excellent job, Rogers, then I forget everything that went before. You're not be able to trust someone like that because of what's going on before, but we don't really know exactly what went on behind the scenes. So yeah. it's a forget and move on and get the job done. You're, you're a professional, you're there to do a job and you'll be loved, I suppose, if you go and you know, take us further than uh, the last guy did. And then the next guy after you takes us further than you did. And that's the job from here to eternity as Celtic fans. Yeah, I, I kind of think it's it's along those lines as well, James, in the sense of we are a club that's kind of moving forward and we like to think we're moving forward with the times. And I think, you know, you rarely see a manager stay past two years at a football club. Now, whether they're successful or not, I think the only one I can really think that's, that's done that um, most recently is, is Pep Guardiola. And I think that when you, when you look at this relationship that we have with players, it sometimes goes on too long. We think about uh, Austin Edward, Chris Baraya, Ryan Christie. Uh, sometimes it just goes, it runs its course and it makes things a bit nasty. For me, I mm-hmm. think that's the, the, the way the club are looking at it in the managerial sense as well. Hence the reason of a three-year contract as well. Um, I think that suits both parties. We kind of both know where we stand. And we're in line for compensation again, which is a massive thing for this contract as well. Myth, what, what's your own view on that there? What do you think about the forgive and forget side of things? Um, I, I think you you probably forgive from the point of view that everyone's back on the same side now, but forget, I don't really think you can. I don't think anybody would want to either. It sounds like the club haven't by the way that they've structured the contract. So it's natural that the fans won't, and Rogers himself won't either. You know, Maybe this time if he left, it wouldn't be mid-season maybe this time if he did leave it would be more more structured um but for all that said football's about about winning um if rogers comes back and starts to win and puts us in a strong domestic position then you know the, the, the whole lack of trust and what's happened before goes out the window yeah. it then just becomes about you know the recency of of the requirement to win and be the top dog, and I think that's, I think that's just that's just where any football club is at. They they want success now, and and Rogers, given the situation that we were 
thrust into. And Rogers, we have someone who already has a proven track record but winning, um, and is now going to be backed to a higher degree than he was when he was previously here. Yeah, I think that kind of goes uh, along the same lines as where I'm. I, I'm thinking as well, Myth. I think. Uh, the club are basically striking while the iron's hot. Um, when we obviously think about the other candidates that could have potentially have came in, you mentioned David Moyes there, for example. No disrespect to Moyes, I think an incredible job we've done for Wednesday this season in the Conference League. Um, but the big thing for me is is we as a club, the kind of football that we play, what we're trying to do, what we're trying to continue to do with this this current team, I, I don't think anyone fits the bill to come and take us this, this post. Is there anyone that we think we've maybe missed on? Um, I know a few people have spoken about Knudsen from uh, Bodo Glimp. Anyone else for you guys? Um, well, do you know what I thought was really interesting was the wee bit of musical chairs that all clicked into place after um, it was apparent that Rodgers was coming at Celtic. As soon as that was kind of confirmed without being club confirmed, Maresca was away to Leicester. And then we saw yesterday, Ayarola went to Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. So... I genuinely think we were talking to these guys, you know, both interesting and in, in, in different ways. You know, you've got an assistant manager who's just gone and won the European Cup at the weekend. And then you've got, you know, um, Ayrola, a really exciting upcoming manager who's gone to a, a Premier League club. So I think they're both gambles in their own ways. So I think it's just really, you know, come back to what the Celtic board are at heart, which is a, you know, a pretty conservative base. Um, Knutson, I, I really like the you know the profile on him. Yeah, he, he just didn't look like he was he was looking to move. Someone's mentioned that he's got a wee bit of a Mark Warburton situation that he's he's getting weighed in for transfers and stuff like that. That's part of his deal. So maybe he's just you know financially very comfy with that, and you know he's he's a, a big fish in a small pond, and maybe he's happy with that. I don't know how how close that got to the table, but the other two seem to be you know. Um, very interesting and interesting that they clicked into their new roles as soon as we'd confirmed that our role wasn't going to be for them. Um, I think the board has done a, a good scouting job and, and checked what's you know, what talent is out there. And then they've looked at it pretty much the same as most fans and have went, well, do you know what? They're talent and they could go beyond, go on to become you know, a, a Zerbe or, or you know, even a Guardiola kind of thing, but it's too much of a gamble. And mm. another thing is that if you do get one of those guys and they are successful, that's in the exact same profile as Postacoglu. So thinking about Rogers might only be here for two of his three years. So would those guys. That's the new yeah. normal for us. I think it is, James. I generally think that we, we, we as fans, as much as it's tough to say because you you want the manager in the same the same like wavelength as the fans and you want everyone kind of going into these big games together, I think we just need to like realise that it's, it's not always going to be like that at Celtic. Um, we are a, a very exciting prospect uh, for any manager to come to and that stepping stone to not even the Premier League. I, I generally believe there will have been clubs in Europe uh, away from the Premier League looking at Ange Postecoglou as well, as will a lot yep. of teams now be looking at him um, at, at Brendan Rodgers um, at, at Celtic now. Um, the, the thing for me on that one is that we, we really want to to make sure that we can we can continue to attract these kind of managers. And I think you look at Roger's record over the last 10 years, you know, a, a second place finish in the Premier League, 
winning the FA Cup with Leicester, winning, um, getting get into fifth place with them two years consecutively, a semi-final run to the, the Conference League. And I know obviously people are talking about it, the relegation, but that was a board that was going through a bit of a, a, a basically turmoil since that, their owner had passed away. They don't know really where they wanted to stand on things and they just stopped giving them any money. Um, so I, I think that we take that into consideration. The big thing for me is what have the board assured them of uh, for coming up in, for this three years? What What is the target for Celtic? Is it just continued domestic dominance or is this European thing something that the board have said, well, hang on a minute, we're in a very good position, whether it be the Champions League or the Europa League, we really should be knocking on the door. Yeah, what do you think about that one, man? Yeah, I think the... the I mean, Rod Rogers did achieve relative success in Europe and the, the fact that he qualified at the group in his first crack. What he probably wasn't so happy about was the fact that he spent the next set of qualifiers, you know, with, well, an untried defence, yeah. which was so typical of, of, of Celtic for so many years. And I think we'd get caught in that rut. Um, that said, um, I I think that Rogers is a very clever man, and he understands the need for him to rehabilitate his reputation, given what's happened at Leicester. And and I, I don't really hold him too great or responsibly. Showed that when he was getting back, he could win trophies with with them. And he had them close to the Champions League as well. Yeah. But over the course of a few seasons, he wasn't suitably backed, much like what happened at Celtic. Um, albeit that in Leicester's case, it meant that they slid, slid down the league. I think for him to come back here, I think he, given his experiences at both Celtic and Leicester previously, he would be really, really reticent to sign anywhere where he wasn't going to be back, where there was a potential that he could go and do his thing. But then 18 months, two years in, he's getting, you know, players that are just aren't up to the job brought in. So I, I think Rogers has been given certain assurances, whether that's financial assurances about who he's going to be able to buy or, or just simply that he himself is going to be responsible for that or him and his team are going to be responsible for, for bringing in targets. That would be an advancement on on what was happening previously because, listen, we've mentioned it before in the podcast and things like that, guys like Wea, Burke, Fed, you know, they, they are not, we're not Brendan Rodgers targets. No. See, so just on, on that, Miff, sorry, interrupt you, Paddy, just on that, do you think there's a potential that rather than reassuring Rodgers that who he wants he gets, it's more they've reassured them that there's a professional talent structure in place now at Celtic yeah. under Mark Law that, you know, you tell us what you need we'll go find them, but, almost like a director of football structure. I, I think it's a bit of both, you know, because I think you need to trust a manager's eye for a player. Um, if we go back to the Sinclair signing being the perfect example, yeah. you know, it, Sinclair was clearly a Roger signing. He knew he could come in and do him a job and, and what, a jo- what a job that he did. But by the same token, that the club also has to have a responsibility where it's not like the old days where a manager on his day off goes out and goes down to a few games in England and, and, and scouts down there, you, you need almost a worldwide presence now, um, yeah. where you're picking up the data, the analysis, the videos, all, all those things. What, the feeling that I get with, with Celtic is that, that that's already in place just now, um, which is an exciting thing. So as much as Rodgers would have received financial reassurances that, yes, you have a, 
you know, you have a budget there to spend, and yes, if you identify a player and we can bring him in, he fits, you know, he fits the profile, yes, we'll bring him in. I think he'll also be reassured by the fact of what the changes that have been made yeah. internally in the club since he's been there. And a lot of that's thanks to Postacogo and, and the the way in which he wanted to play the game. It, it looked like we had multiple targets for a position. For example, the McGree transfer falling through and I really been signed within a day. Um, mm. That's a real change at Celtic from what's happened before. So if Rodgers has had an insight into that, has been able to sort the backroom to his favour, um, then, I, listen, it is an exciting appointment, but my my misgivings around Rodgers are purely the manner in which he left. I just don't, you know, that, that will always stick in my craw. There's nothing I can do about that. You know, it, it's always going to stick in my craw, but to be crystal clear, he, he will have my backing going forward because there's, there's nowhere else. For, for fans who feel like me, there's nowhere else for you to go. What do you do? Do you just sack it and not go to games? Of course you don't. You support your club. Aye. Now he's here. Now that he's here, he's back. We support him. Sorry, Paddy, but just say, on that, like, um, see when Lennon was appointed second time around, you know, I don't really know many, if any, that were, you know, full supporters of that. I was very much against it myself. I thought he'd done a great job in getting us to the treble and all that stuff, but there was real disappointment after they announced it. But once they announced it, that's it. He's, he's my Celtic manager and he gets yep. backed and that's the end of the story. Till, you know, there, there's only one way to support Celtic. You can't do it 10%. It's yep. all or nothing. So I think that's a really good point you're making and a very kind of you know mature way to look at it. It's just, he's a manager now. We are Celtic fans. You've got my backing. That- yeah. I think with something like that though as well, like kind of on the same point for yourself, you put yourself in uh, put yourself in Brendan Rodgers' shoes over the last three years, even just like when, when he's at Leicester, right? And he has a look at what's going on at Celtic. So it's a bit of same old when you watch the the, the fall of the team under Lennon. Um, so he'll be probably thinking to himself, it's not all the manager's fault here. The board definitely have a lot to answer for. Um, and then when someone that Posse Coglu comes in and it is this club needs to get their finger out, and they do, and they change things, and they they start thinking the way that they have been thinking. He must be sitting there thinking to himself, like that—that that was what I asked for. That's what I wanted this club to do, and they didn't. They sat on their hands with Rodgers. A couple of fallouts when it came to certain players wanting away, or it came to himself wanting away. When obviously the China rumours came in again, I think the club were due to be well compensated for that as well. But I just think that a lot of it has come down to. Peter Law spitting the dummy and saying, no, you're getting absolutely nothing off me. And us then digressing as a, as a football club. But you look at Michael Nicholson then in charge, you know, that that's the big difference in terms of personnel there. And, you know, sometimes a change is as good as the rest. But from what I've seen of Nicholson, he's a forward thinker and he's got the right ideas going forward for Celtic in terms of, we could, I take a point, Barry, Rogers will be looking at going, if you'd done this, you know, yep. four or five years ago, I'd still be here. Yeah. Don't 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 mention it, but ten in a row could be on the board, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we are where we are, where we are. And Rogers came in and seen that now and went, there's been change here. Significant change. I, I think he has, and I think this is a massive step for him to then say, Well, do you know what? Let let me let me take this team on. You're forward thinking, I'm forward thinking. Let's let's both parties just draw around, draw a line under everything and, and go for it. Um 
one of the things I was thinking about here is obviously we, we notice that he's kind of you know, he's keeping the same backroom with the looks of things. I, I don't think many from uh, his spell at Leicester or any other spells as a manager will, will come and join him at Celtic. He's uh, he's worked with John Kennedy before. Um, I don't think he's going to come in and upset much. I think he's going to keep it much of a muchness of what Postecoglou has set up. I don't actually think he's going to do much to the way we play football as well. What's your views on that, Miff? Well, I think, I think both styles are, are broadly similar. I think with, with Rodgers, he would, he would maybe have more of a focus on ball retention rather than, than Angie's maybe a bit, a bit more direct style, for want of a better word. Um, but that's not to say that a player like, you know, somebody who I think is absolutely tailor-made for Rodgers' style would be Rio Hattati. Yeah. You yeah, know, someone yeah. who just loves retaining the ball, recycling the ball, um, you know, was happy to drop deep and, and, and control the game. Um, with someone of, of Rogers standing in the game, our thoughts are that guys like the, the Japanese contingent maybe look at Ange as, as somebody's a, a bit of a figurehead for them. But now that those guys are in Europe, we've got a manager in that's operated at a very high level and, and, and worked with some, some fairly high-profile players. So, you know, they may very well be excited to come in and work with Rodgers and play in his style. We just we just don't know, really. To, to be honest, we just don't know. That's I think that's what makes it so intriguing is this team very much feels like Angie's team. Yeah. So so the intriguing part is what Rodgers does with that team when he comes in. Does he look to break it up so they can put his own stamp on it? Is there is there is there going to be a, a big sale which is going to be reinvested into the team? All those types of things. I think that's where the excitement comes because, you know, what, what's happened under Ange is now gone. For better or for worse, it's gone. And and regardless of what your feelings are on that, there is that now that pre-season excitement that you would have had anyway, but even more so now that a new manager's in the door and, and it does create that, that wee bit of freshness. Yeah, I think even what you're going on there about with the, the Japanese players, um, I was laughing when all the, the, the rumours were starting to come up about Postacoglu. Um, someone made uh, note of the fact that uh, Kyogo and Atati's translator had, had left uh, and he, he went back home uh, to Japan. His contract was finished at the club and uh, a lot of people were kind of thinking, this is it, this is the beginning of the end. But since then, Celtic have employed another Japanese translator and the previous translator has actually spoke about the head, the mindset of all players at Celtic, saying that Ange Postecoglou was their manager at that time. Whoever will come in will be their manager then. And I kind of like that. Um, I don't know how they managed to get a, a, an answer off this guy to be able to kind of comment <laughs> on how they were all thinking, but he's uh, he's put my mind at rest, um, put it that I, way. I think I think a big thing for, for that contingent of players and, you know, Postecoglou never... Like looking at them as a bracket of players, they're all individuals as well. But you know, for someone playing in the J League to get to Europe, as Miff was saying there, that was the target. It wasn't to get to play for Postecoglou. It was to get to Europe, and they're in Europe now, so they're not really looking to, you know, make any sudden moves on that. I thought it was really interesting if you are a Celtic player just now and you're thinking, oh, maybe you know, manager's gone. I, I should look at, you know, pastures new. Suarez was out. Pretty quick, whether that's a wee bit of Brendan Rodgers' PR team getting a, a bit of vox pop from him. But he was out pretty quick saying, 
That's amazing news. He's going back to Celtic. He said, I wonder where my career would have gone if it wasn't for Brendan Rodgers. So those players now at Celtic can be thinking, where can my career go under Brendan Rodgers? I thought it was a really interesting, you know, wee soundbite just to get folk thinking as well. So I think unless someone's already got their card marked, they've said to Celtic they're going in the summer, um, I don't really see any any sudden moves. It'll be more about Rodgers getting an assessing um, and speaking to the, the transfer team and working out what the plan was already to be if Postacoglu was going to have been here in the summer. And they'll be enacting most of that plan with a wee bit of, you know, Rogers style. Maybe he prefers, you know, less inversion or whatever it may be. And that'll dictate a slight change in, in personnel. But I, I think we're really around about the edges. It might be more about significant signings in places where we, you know, significant strengthening would really take us to a different level in Europe. Yeah, and I, I suppose that kind of goes on to my next question there, James. Like, what for you for this season ahead? What defines success? What What do you think is a, a good marker for Brendan Rodgers Rogers this season? I'll go to you for that one first, James. It's it's the same as it was if if Postecoglou was was still to be here. Um, so we've obviously you know gone with a double and a treble and domestic dominance and five trophies out of six and progress in Europe. So this season was really going to be about taking that progress and making it you know actual success and you can you know see success in Europe in, in various ways you know getting out your group would be one and um, falling out your group and ending up in Europa and going on a run there would be another I don't think we've got a route to conference so it's really those those two I, I'd be happy with either if we got you know second place in the group and in the next stage of the, the Champions League and just see where that goes that that's real progress again and success for me but it would be very interesting if we did drop out of the, the group in third place into Europa and really go on a run to a semi-final or a final and a, and a trophy, whether this season for the trophy or, or next. I think that's within Celtic's grasp with the attitude and the structure and the personnel that's, that's around the club now. So that that's still the target for me. I would be happy to drop one of the domestic trophies. You know, say you get a double at home and you do the rest in Europe. Obviously, winning the league is your bread and butter. Don't listen to what the Daily Mail tell you. Winning your league is your bread and butter. In every single league in the world, you go to win your league, particularly because it means Champions League. So, tight, you know, I'd, I'd happy forgive all the cups for a title and something really significant in Europe. Okay, okay. What about yourself, Matt, on that one? Yeah, well, just when, when you first asked the question, Paddy, winning the league and get out of the group is, is what springs to mind for me. Um, unfortunately for... Brendan Rodgers, he's made a rod for his own back by winning every trophy he competed for in Scotland previously. So, um, domestically, if he feels to do that, you could you could make the the argument that um, he's he's not managed to maintain those levels. But I, I don't think you know Celtic fans will really be looking at this around the appointment of Rodgers. What will be around what he can potentially do in Europe rather than see it around you know, expecting to win a treble every year. I don't I don't think that's feasible or reasonable. And, and dare I say that you probably would want to be sacrificing domestic cups for European success so that you maybe were able to keep the squad fresher around the crunch times that come round in the in the new year um, if you are still competing in Europe. So that's where my head goes to with it. Um, but ultimately we were judged as, as James says bread and butter win the league. Um, I think Celtic fans will be 
we'll be happy with that in the first instance, but the, the Champions League is now a party which we really have to be invited to. Yeah, and I, th- I think, um, you know, it's a case of we have to be invited to, and I think it's something that Celtic can just keep on progressing on. If we keep um, performing, if we keep pushing, the wins will come. I, I generally believe that about the team. And I definitely think this manager's got unfinished business in this tournament as well. Um, listen, I'm not saying there's, I don't see us going and winning it this year. Absolutely not. I, I think it's more just let's build on what Ange kind of like laid the foundation on last season. But for Brendan Rodgers, I've, I've read quite a lot of people stating that they don't think he was that good in Europe. I know we speak about the Paris Saint-Germain's and the, the Barcelona games where we, where we see heavy drubbings. I also think back to the games where we, we qualified when, again, it was, you know, I mean, you think about Lincoln, Lincoln Redimps, the first game under Rodgers, the one nothing defeat. But you also think about some of the toughest games we're going into and we're again having to play uh, near Beton at centre-half. We're having to kind of move things around because the, the board haven't been forward-thinking in these moments. This feels different. This feels as if we are maybe three or four really, really strong signings away from having a team that's really going to put a bit of fear into those that we come up against in the Champions League. Um, I, think that's a, I, think that's a, I think that's a great point, Paddy. You know, the way I'd put it is that if you look at Brendan Rodgers' first time around at Celtic, he was working with the handbrake on yeah. by the board, and this is going to be him fully unleashed. So he had the right ideas tactically and positionally and strategically, all that stuff. But the personnel were way below what they should have been and they're not going to be now. And that should be the most terrifying thing, certainly domestically, and the most exciting thing for fans, Celtic fans in Europe, is that we're playing with the handbrake off. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, the big thing for me is that this is this is the thing that seems to have brought the negotiations together between the Celtic board and Rodgers. A guy with massive ego, I don't think there's any denying that, but we are quite, a, like you mentioned, they're quite conservative, the Celtic board, uh, James. I think they're also very stubborn as well. And this mm-hmm. this guy, Michael Nicholson, for me so far, has been a breath of fresh air when it comes to our transfers and the way that he's worked alongside Ange Postacoglu and Mark Lobel. I generally feel, and listen, have your say on this, this is, I'm asking you guys this here just now, I feel that it is a, a, a structure of Dermot Desmond and Michael Nicholson at the moment and Peter Lowell being that chairman at the back. I don't think he's got any input on how this club is going forward at the moment. What would you say on that, guys? Not no, no, he should. You know, a non-exec chairman is an ambassadorial role. You know, if, if you have appointed a non-exec chairman and he's making executive decisions, then your board structure's all wrong and you, you need to change that pretty, pretty quick because your company's dysfunctional if you leave it as is. I think Lowell has accepted in a positive way that to come back to Celtic would only have ever been in a non-exec ambassadorial role. Don't discount the hard work that Lowell does do in Europe with you know the ECA and UEFA and all these things where he's very well respected and very influential. That's perfect for his yeah. amb- ambassadorial role to take our interests to different places. It's not to say, sign that guy, bring in that manager, you know, develop that training ground. If your chairman, your non-exec chairman is doing that, then he's completely compromising all your executive positions, you know, including Michael Nicholson. I think it's exactly as you call it, Paddy. You've got Desmond as the power broker. You've got Nicholson, who's being respected as a CEO. And you've got Rogers as a, maybe a sounding board, but nothing more than that. 
Yeah. Lolo, you mean? <laughs> what did that say? Jay Rogers. <laughs> well, Ro- Rogers does like to speak to Rogers when appointing Rogers. So <laughs> that's very true. I. <laughs> yeah, what about yourself? What does Brendan that one, say man? to Brendan? <laughs> um, doing, yeah, I, I think Nicholson has shown. I think the decisions that are getting made show that Nicholson is in charge or has some sort of element of control granted by Desmond. There's a trust between Desmond and Nicholson. And and why wouldn't you trust him given the you know the, the moves that he's made? And I think the, the move to bring Rogers back, whilst not necessarily everybody's cup of tea, shall we say, um, has been decisive. And both you guys mentioned earlier on that that there were other names out in the ether, names which quickly disappeared once Rogers was pretty much confirmed. That would suggest to you that we had done our due diligence, we had put a few irons in the fire, and we got our number one target. So another another um, strengthening of the reputation of, of Michael Nicholson. Um, the, the ongoing fact remains that regardless of how well or otherwise Rogers' first season back goes, the club is in a in an excellent position. How it how it is currently financially, the structure that's now in place at board level, but but as we've seen before, what can happen we just can't be complacent on it, and that that's really the key thing for me is that there isn't any complacency either at boardroom level or from fans in the dressing room, whatever it might be. We've got a real opportunity to, to cash in on, on where the club, you know, it's taken a while to build the club up to, to this level, but we've got a real opportunity to, to cash in on it. all those years of hard work starting from when McCann came in the door are now bearing fruit. So it's it's really up to us as a club to push that on. And I think with the appointment of Rogers, with an eye on Europe and actually saying that we've got an eye on Europe for once, rather than just concentrating on, you know, trying to win the 10 or doing something domestically, I, I do think it's, it's an exciting time. It remains an exciting time to be a Celtic fan. Yeah, I, you've got me all ready to go for the season, Miff. That was inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, guys, so just your final thoughts. I'll go with yourself for this one, James. Are you happy with this appointment? And wh- where do we go for here? Yeah, I mean, I was really looking forward to this phase in the in this season, if you like, the close season anyway, because it's about the, we know what the plans are, we know what the ambition is, have we got the right personnel, where do we need to change? And that's that's still the case but there's a bit of fresh thinking there's a a bit of gravitas comes with Rodgers you can't deny that the players will go well this guy's you know worked with some serious talent over the years and has had some serious success and you know um, he's got that profile so you know to quote the the great Paul McStay there's a real buzz about the place I just wonder more about yourself on that one Miff yeah listen I'm I'm genuinely excited to see where we go from here. For me, it's more around the... I'm just interested to see who we sing because I think that will tell us a great deal. I think it will tell us a great deal about how Rogers has been backed um, and whether or not these targets were identified when Andrew was still in the building and has been part of an overall strategy or whether or not Rogers has put his own stamp on things. And either way, I'm fairly comfortable with either. I know that makes it contradictory, but... I do believe that the structure that sits behind the club now is far better than whatever was previously. So therefore, the types of players that we would be bringing in would be in line with 
already the sort of dynamic, hungry players that we've already seen, rather than you know, kind of cast offs and moans that we got in the previous eras in, in which Rogers was manager. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you on this one. I think that as a club, um, we will always, always be bigger uh, than the manager that's appointed or the players that we sign. Um, and the fans are always the ones that are going to be there and watch every movement of this team. We're putting money into it every season. For me, I know this will turn a few heads. I think that um, we, we, we don't forget very easily what happened uh, four years ago. But the big thing for me is that this seems a very, very stable place at the moment. Um, and I think that I, th- I thought when we first appointed Rogers, that was Celtic really flexing the financial muscle and really starting to say, right, let's, let's gather this momentum that uh, Lennon and Dyla had done um, and, and just take it into the next step. I actually feel this is the point now where they're really showing this. We are not a club to be messed with. And this European vision that seems to be coming up in a lot of the conversations, that's massive for us as fans. It's what we want. It's what we crave. I want to see another European final in my lifetime. I don't know about you guys. Um, but yeah, I generally yeah. think, yeah, absolutely. And I, I generally think that we are laying very strong foundations to, in, in, in doing that. Um, I remember a, a sign being hung at Celtic Park saying, in Brendan we trust. It's a very tough <laughs> one to come out today. Um, I'm going to be one of those people that waves that flag. Um, and I hope that, that the fans just get behind the team, get behind their manager and get behind their board. I don't think we've said that in many a year. Um, and I just think that we, if all things are ticking, this club could go into some phenomenal things. Um, so here's hoping that's the case. Guys, thanks very much for joining us on this one today. Tino, hope you're enjoying the rest of your holiday. Don't leave me with hopes and duties again. Um, But guys, thanks again and thanks for listening to the Celtic Exchange. Cheers. Podcast Network.